This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. After the first Sunday of football, they still have a primetime game to play tonight. We'll worry about that and the Monday night game later. But obviously, uh, for the first time in many, many moons, the Giant fans will uh, not go to bed uh, very unhappy on opening night, which they have so many times, thinking about what a miserable season it's going to be. Now, this evening, they will cheerfully watch the Cowboys play the Bucks. And they will uh, think about positive things for a change as the Giants with a wild second half and a lot to get to, uh, get some bounces their way, make some big plays in the second half, and then a 47-yard field goal be a little wide. And we've heard that before. But... It happens on opening day, and the Giants get a win and are 1-0 for the first time, it seems like, in a million years. And like I said, enough positives here to forget the negatives, to build on, to think about, and be very, very positive and all smiles after the Giants hold off Tennessee. Now, listen, the Giants were bad in the first half. They made a couple of plays before the half that made their numbers look cosmetic. They couldn't block Tennessee. Uh, they looked like the same old Giants. And then in the second half, I thought Tennessee did some horrific things. They had bad penalties. They had some just ridiculous decisions. Third and short a couple of times, you have the best power back in the sport. Neither time do you give him the ball. One time you give it to him on some weird direct snap, which is not for him. That's not how he plays. That's number one. And you're putting him in that direct snap. Number two, the other time you give it to the tight end on, on third and one. So to me, just makes no sense to go away from the best power back in the sport. They did that. Uh, but Tennessee, for all their misplays in the second half, still did what they had to do. They went to the sideline with the field goal kicker on and a chance to boot himself a win, and he didn't get the job done from 47 yards out. So it was, like we said, a very, very interesting second half. 13-0 at the half. The Giants come out, and the Barkley play, 68 yards when he broke the play and then subsequently scored the touchdown, really Gave the Giants some life, there's no question. They bounced back after that with the play to Shepard, which was a very strange play, but you know what? It goes for a touchdown. It was a bad play in the secondary, but it was an odd play for a lot of reasons. But be that as it may, they made the play. 
Jones made some good plays in this game. He made some big plays in this game. He made uh, some good decisions in this game. He also made his big mistakes that he always seems to make, especially where on the wheel route, he never, ever looked off. He telegraphed the pass to Barkley, who was covered like a blanket. He still threw it, and that could have been a game, uh, really a game-costing play. Uh, it was a big mistake. The Giants had their share of mistakes. They didn't, they didn't protect well. At a lot of times, especially in the first half, but their running game got going in the second half, no question about it. And after they don't take advantage of the muffed punt, which really turned the game around in a lot of different ways, because I think Tennessee had regained command, but then the game got all topsy-turvy again after that, uh, that muffed punt really did set the game back into a different position. Then the Giants get the ball back and are able to make plays and really run the ball with authority and with Barkley, again, making big plays. I mean, Barkley looked like his old self. The thing you're going to take out of this game more than anything else, he looked like the Barkley of old, the Barkley who was such a great-looking player early in his career. He looked like that guy again in terms of power, speed, confidence, everything. It looked like the old Barkley. Uh, And then... You're going to get into the play that the head coach makes. And I thought the Giants staff acted like they've been there, acted with a – they ran the sideline like a confident group. They looked like a confident group. Their team acted like a – yeah, they made mistakes, but you know what? They didn't seem indecisive. They didn't seem like they didn't know what they wanted to do. They seemed like they were ready and prepared for everything that happened, every eventuality. Everything didn't break right. Everything didn't go right, but they looked the part. And that's what you're going to like about this staff, I think, is they looked the part in every way. And then the head coach makes a ballsy decision. But remember, there, the game's not over because there's time on the clock. If you kick the extra point, Tennessee's still got time. Plus, you're going for two there. You have momentum. You're running the ball well. You have a back that plays well into that situation. You have a quarterback that plays well into that situation. You probably got a play planned. And remember, you have three timeouts. So Tennessee can't sit on the ball. Tennessee can't just take a knee. It's not like if you didn't have any timeouts, then it comes down to that one play. With three timeouts, you can still get the ball back. So that played into it in a big way. He goes for two and makes it, which I'm sure Giant fans are like, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? But remember, those three timeouts played into it in a big way. And then they get it, but they get enough breakdowns again on defense, a couple of holding penalties where, hey, you know that if a guy's going to get behind you or is going to get by you, you're going to hold them, take the five-yard penalty. Everybody does that. So you know that's going to happen. But it is amazing how many times in this league when somebody needs to drive in the final minute and a half for a tying or a winning field goal, they always seem to get down the field and get an attempt. Now, today you saw – the Bengals score and then miss, have the extra point blocked. You saw the Bengals miss a field goal. You saw the Steelers miss a field goal. You saw the Colts miss a game-winning field goal. So you saw how many times they got down there and got there in position, then didn't make it, and then put Tennessee on the list where they had a game-winning field goal from 47 yards and missed it. And the Giants come away with an opening week win. And for Giant fans... I'm sure that is as sweet a sound opening week win as you've had in a very long time. The Giants 
have started these seasons so poorly in recent years. They've been in chaos, coaching changes, positional coaching changes, you know, all kinds of bad breaks, all kinds of bad luck. And today they made some plays in the second half. They made some gutty calls in the game. They executed some big plays in the game. Their big star running back was his old self and his old explosive self in a big way. Jones made some good plays and some bad plays. Uh, But they made some big plays. They came from behind. They came from 13 zip down. They came from 2013 down. They tied the game up. They go for two. They make it. And they get to watch as a field goal misses. So, hey, we're not ready to print plans for, you know, the postseason or the Super Bowl. But it sure beats losing. And the league and the world is a lot sweeter when you're 1-0. And it's also a lot sweeter when things bounce your way. And you want to, as a team, put yourself in a position to maybe have the ball bounce your way. And in this sport, the ball has to bounce your way once in a while. Because if it doesn't, it's going to be a miserable existence. Now, today, it bounced their way more than once in the second half. But you know what? Hey, you made some of those breaks too. And there were a lot of things to be positive about in that second half. A lot of things to clean up. The Giants don't have a great offensive line. They don't have a great secondary. We know that. We know there are things that have to be fixed. Daniel Jones can make plays. He can make them with his leg. He can make it with his legs. He can make them with his arm. He also can make a lot of mistakes. We know that. We've seen that on display. The inability of the Giants to protect him in the first half was a big issue at times in the second half, but not as much. But the big play, that the Giants put back in the offense here for the first time in a long time. They made some big plays, and especially their back, their star back, making big plays, getting behind him, getting and letting him carry this team, as he did in a very big way with a couple of explosive plays. Uh, Yeah, yeah, a lot of the offense was three big plays, a Barkley run, Uh, a play to Shepard, and then another Barkley run. But you know what? Sometimes that's what it takes. In these games, most of the time, one or two plays is going to be the deciding factor. And then you hope at the end of the game the ball might bounce your way because a lot of these games come down to just that, as it did here, where it looked like for everything that had gone right in the last 30 minutes of the game, the outcome did not look good after they hit that pass play that put the ball out on the 30-yard line. Um, I thought Tennessee was exceedingly sloppy and careless in the second half, but you know what? Give the Giants some credit. They were opportunistic. They were there when the mistakes happened, and they were there to make some big plays, and they came from behind. They didn't hang their heads at halftime. They didn't give it up. They responded and they come away with a victory. So for Giant fans, a very, very big week one with a lot of things to look at that you're very positive about. Like I said, there's plenty that needs to be corrected. That's always the way. You know that's always the way. But here's what you liked. As I've said in recent weeks, Giants don't have a great roster by any stretch. 
But what you do see is that this is a good professional coaching staff. And you saw that on display here. There was no indecisiveness. There was no sideline chaos. There was no miscommunication. There really was no hesitancy in anything they did in terms of running the game today. And that hasn't happened here in a long time. And that and seeing life back in Barkley are the two things you're going to take the most out of this game today. So, you know what? Wins like this don't come along that often. You grab them, you cherish them, and you move on to the next game. And, you know, you don't worry too much about anything else. So, the Giants, winners, Winners in week one against the Tennessee team that, hey, we know they're not, you know, the most consistent team in the world. We know they're a little up and down, but they're a winning outfit. Today, though, they made enough mistakes uh, to give the Giants life, and then the Giants took advantage of that in a day where, you know, week one, there's a lot of these teams are not in prime shape. They don't hone these teams. They evaluate in training camp. Now, they don't hone teams in training camp. You don't come out of training camp ready to go. It takes weeks to get it ready to go. So you see a lot of crazy stuff. And you saw some crazy games again today, some wild games. The Pittsburgh game was just wild, and the Wallens game was wild. Even the, even the Indianapolis game, when the Colts never win on opening day, that, you know their game, and they didn't win again. They missed the field goal. That would have given them the win after making the big comeback, and they settled for a tie. So, I mean, it's a crazy, crazy week for week number one when you look at, you know, some of these scores, some of these outcomes, and then have games like this today where you have games where you have a 20-20 tie, you have the Steelers who look like they're going to have to settle for a tie, finally make the field goal and win with their defense, but then you find out that they lost Watt to a torn peck, and that is not a good injury. Uh, and the Steelers defense played so hard and so tough and so opportunistic for so long, and they still couldn't hold Burrow off the whole way. But that was a, cra- that was a wild game. It really was in, in a lot of ways. Very entertaining game. There were some crazy games for week one, as we know. And there's another team in town that we need to get to. The Jets, we will, right after. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is the Mike Francesa Podcast as we review what happened on week one in the National Football League. It was a day of all smiles, a late, an early evening, late afternoon time to smile if you're a Giant fan. For Jet fans, it was more of the same. Let me start with a few positives. The Jets have improved their personnel. You saw some good things from the highly touted rookie in the secondary. You saw some good things from the defensive line. You saw, despite a lot of mistakes, drops, fumbles, miscues, you saw that Hill has talent. You saw that you saw that Hall has talent. You saw that Wilson has talent. You know there's some weapons there. As we've talked about with the Jets, 
the coaching has to be crisper and the quarterback position has got to be better. Flacco was under duress all day. They didn't have their left tackle. That was a factor. The Ravens are always going to put pressure on. That was a factor. Their defense did some good things for a while. And then what happens? The quarterback breaks him down and he did on a couple of big occasions, made some big pass plays, and the next thing you know, a game that was 3 three nothing after one. Still close enough at the half at 10-3, where a play could be, you know, get them right back in the game. And then, obviously, he broke it open in the third quarter with a couple of big pass plays. The Jets... Couldn't get the plays that they needed done. They moved the ball at times. We know that. But they did not protect the quarterback well. Flacco was under pressure all day. Flacco's prone to making mistakes. He's not a very mobile quarterback. He can make mistakes. He did. Yeah, the Jets got on the board late, but who cares? The game was long over. You're looking at a game that was 24 nothing in the third quarter. Okay. I mean, 24-3 in the third quarter. Jets still hadn't had a touchdown. I want to look at those positives. I saw a couple of good things in Hall. Listen, he made a lot of mistakes today. He's a rookie. You're going to see a lot of mistakes out of him. You're going to see Carter had a big drop. You're going to see mistakes from the wide receivers. You're going to see mistakes from their skilled people. But... They can be cohesive when they get healthy on the offensive line. They should be a better unit there. Their defensive line has depth. You saw some very good things out of Gardner. They really did not want to challenge him a lot, even today. At times, he was matched up with the tight end. They stayed away from their all-world tight end. They stayed away from him for the most part, which is a show of respect. So there were some positives there, but there was still an enormous lack of consistency or really any confidence that you would take from that offense. Yeah, they were pinned in their end a lot. Yeah, they were third and long all day. That's why they were so bad on third down. I mean, at one point when they were 0 for 7 or 0 for 8 on third down, the average play was third and nine. I mean, you know what? You're not going to complete a whole lot of third and, uh, and third and nines in this league. That's why they were two, and, 2 for 14 on third down. That's why they couldn't complete a third down when the game was still competitive. They just couldn't do it. And a lot of it was the fact they couldn't protect the quarterback. Some of it was, you know, mistakes. When he did get the ball in the right spot, you know, you had a couple of key drops. You had a couple of miscues. So, overall, not a good day for the Jets. Again, you know, the Ravens didn't run the ball. That's their, that's their MO. But today they didn't run the ball. When they made plays, they made it in the passing game. They didn't have a whole lot of yardage today, but they made big plays when they needed to make big plays. They made scoring plays when they needed to make scoring plays and, you know, were able to break the game open when they needed to make those plays, you know? And obviously when he hits 
when he hits on the pass play that makes it 17-3, the 17-yarder that makes it 7-3-3, you felt that was enough that the game was going to be lost. And then when he hits on the 55-yarder that makes it 24-3, you realize, hey, this one's long, long done, and it was. The rest was just going to be the cosmetics of the final score. Flacco's not the answer. He's especially not the answer when the offensive line can't do the job. They need to get more consistent play from the quarterback. They need to show more of a maturity throughout the ranks from the idea of the coaching staff right through every player on this team. There is still a immaturity that just runs through this team. They do have some talent. They have clearly upgraded their talent. But they're not ready to win against this type of team yet. Because to do that, you're going to have to make plays. You're going to have to make consistent plays. You're going to have to make plays when you need to make plays to keep drives alive and to get the other team off the field. And they weren't able to do those things when they needed to. Yeah, they put up some, like I said, they put up some cosmetic yardage that makes the game look more competitive than it really was. They were able to get some drives late that, again, Padded some stats. They wind up with 100 yards more than the Ravens do. Who cares? Again, they had trouble finding the end zone. They had trouble finding the end zone and keeping the game competitive. And that's the kind of thing they have to do. I did see some decent things from the defensive times. I think there's the makings of a unit there. But the offense is going to have to chip in. Is going to have to chip in. They have players, but they need better play from the quarterback and they need better leadership and consistency from the coaching staff. The giant coaching staff today had an air about them that made me feel like, guys, we're under control here. We know what we're doing, we have a plan. We're, we got everything where we are. It doesn't mean we're going to win. What it means is that we know what we want to do. We know what our players need to do. Our players have been prepared to do certain things. Just like on a two-point conversion, they knew what they wanted to do. They had prepared for that. I didn't watch the post game, but I'm sure he's going to tell you that he had a play ready. Okay? He's also going to tell you that the three, turnover, the three timeouts played into it. Uh, he was decisive. He didn't vacillate. He didn't seem like he didn't know what he wanted to do. There was no health to skelter. There was no nonsense. There was a coolness, a calmness, and a confidence that permeated on that sideline, and it hasn't permeated on that sideline for a long time. I need to see that in the Jet game. I need to see that from the Jets. I haven't seen that from the staff yet. I need to see that. When you see that, And when you see some confidence and some leadership from the quarterback position, then you will be better off. Then things will start to click. Overall, I don't know if a lot of people thought they were going to beat the Ravens today. They would have liked to have seen a better effort, especially early in the ballgame. So for the Jets, unfortunately more of the same. For the Giants, a turnaround opener. One you've been waiting for for a long time, so enjoy it. We'll go around the league. 
when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Remember, for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers. You can get the Mike Francesa podcast and you can send emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. You can get the Mike Francesa podcast exclusively at Bet Rivers on the Bet Rivers Network. And for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut for whatever you need in uh, your wagering needs as we get ready for a very, very big football season and a very interesting baseball season come October as we are right around the corner from that. All right, some wild games as there always are in opening week. You usually get a couple of crazy upsets. Uh, You don't – people overreact more in the NFL than any other time to one game. Because one game's a lot compared to, say, any of the other sports. But it's only one game. And if your team came out and lost game one, don't worry about it. If they came out and won game one, well, it's nice, but move on. Falcons, who had a habit of doing this a lot last year, and they are in complete rebuilding mode, had the lead against the Saints. The Saints made some plays, came back, and obviously won it late, put up 17 points in the fourth quarter, won it 27-26. So a opener for the Saints where they were able to come from behind against a weak Falcon team, and the Falcon team has done this. They did it a lot last year, blew a lot of leads, and they blew another one today. So it was more of the same for the Falcons, who had their moments, but then uh, lost 27 to 26. Uh, the Niners in a game played pretty much on a soggy field and in a rain and then late in a driving rainstorm. The Niners had a 10, nothing lead. They should have been up more than that because Debo Samuel's fumble going in in the first half. They were up seven, nothing at the half. They went up 10, nothing in the third quarter and then completely fell apart. Uh, it never got better for them in the rain. They lost Mitchell at running back. Lance was terrible at quarterback. And in the second half, Fields hits a 51-yarder and then hits another TD pass of 18 yards. They get some big turnovers. Next thing you know, they outscore them 19-0 after trailing 10-0 in the third quarter, and the Bears stun the Niners. That is a terrible loss, terrible loss for the Niners, who suffered maybe a big injury with Mitchell. We don't know yet. He left the game with a knee injury, and he's had knee problems before. And to be up 10-0 against that Bears team, I know the conditions were not good, but, boy, what a terrible defeat to have that bad team turn around and score 19 unanswered points on you, and you basically can only get a field goal in the second half. An awful game. Um, Lance's numbers were just Terrible in the driving rain. 13 of 28 for 164. He was intercepted once, no TDs, at a 50 quarterback rating. He ran the ball 13 times for 50 yards. Samuel had a big fumble, um, ran the ball for 50 yards. Mitchell was off to a good start early in the game before he got hurt in the first quarter with 41 yards already in the bank. Um, A bad, bad, underlined bad loss for the Niners. The Bengals and the Steelers, I mean, the Steeler defense 
was unbelievable early in this game. You know they can come up with great game plans. They have really good players. They did some very, very good things. Burrow turned the ball over all day. I mean, he, uh, you know, was sacked seven times. They thought they had solved the offensive line a lot more. They were sacked seven times. He was he gave he uh, threw four interceptions, but there he was hitting Chase in the final seconds to tie the game at twenty, bringing him from behind, and then the extra point is blocked by Fitzpatrick. Uh, they miss an overtime field goal chip shot. Steelers miss an overtime field goal, long one, and then turn around and make a 55-yarder to win it in overtime. So a big win for the Steelers, who, like we said, lost Watt, which is a devastating loss. Trubisky wasn't very good. Um, He really wasn't. The only thing he did well was he didn't turn a ball over, but he was not impressive. Um, But their defense was just unbelievable. Their defensive game plan uh, we know the Bengals will be fine, but the Steelers is a big win for them against their hated rivals. The Eagles uh, toyed with the Lions. Lions scored first. Eagles had a big lead, and then the Lions covered late. Uh, they got the backdoor cover at 38-35. The Eagles had to get a first down to end the game. They did. Um, they win at 38-35. So the Lions, who still have no secondary, gave up a ton of points. But let's be honest, so did the Eagles in a 38-35 decision. The Pats... Did not do much. You know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people uh, were on the Pats in this game. Uh, not me. And you look at the personnel. Dolphins just have better players. That's all there is to it. And today, you know, those guys for the Dolphins showed up. Tua was 23 of 33 for 270 and a touchdown. Um, Hill had eight catches for 94 yards. Waddle had four for 70. They made plays. They got a uh, pick six. Uh, that added to it, and they went on to a 20-7 to win over the Pats. And I just don't think the Pats have, all, have that good a team, let's be honest. Uh, I think that right now the Dolphins have a better club. Uh, the Ravens, we know. The Jaguars, Jaguars had the lead. They battled back, took the lead, and the Commanders got a touchdown late, and it was a 28-22 decision. Uh, the Commanders beat uh, the Jags. Um, Etienne showed glimpses today. He had four carries for 47 yards. He had a couple of catches, but he also had two or three drops. They had two or three touchdowns drops today. They led the league in drops last year. They had two or three drops again today. Uh, they didn't. They made a lot of mistakes in the game, but they showed some life, and uh, I think the Ravens will be improved. I mean, I think the Jaguars will be improved. Uh, this season. Now, they're not going to the playoffs or anything, but I think they're going to be a uh, better group now that they have a coach and everything's, you know, under control because they showed some life today in that game. The Browns and the Panthers, I mean, this was such a weird game. Browns came back. I mean, the Browns took a big lead, ran the ball really well. Panthers came back, took the lead, had an ability to play for a touchdown, didn't played for a field goal, left time on the clock, and then get beat on a long field goal. In this league, if you know you cannot leave the other team, if you're up one or two points or even late, you cannot leave the other team a minute and change and think you're going to hold them. It doesn't happen. They had a chance. They were 
in good position. With two minutes left, they could have attacked the end zone and put the game away. Instead, they played just for the field goal, and it cost them as they get beat on a monster field goal. Uh, a devastating, devastating loss uh, for, for the uh, Panthers. And, you know, they needed this win. This Cade York kicks a 58-yard field goal uh, to win it 26-24. Devastating loss. It really was uh, for Carolina. I know Mayfield brought him back. He also made plenty of mistakes in the game. He did bring them back with some pass plays. Uh, so he did make some pass plays in the game. He wound up throwing for 235. He was spotty at best, though. Um, and again, that coaching staff in Carolina is under the gun. If they don't watch it, they will get booted out of there so quickly. Ownership is not happy with them, and this is not one that's going to make them real happy either with this loss today, uh, which happened in the final seconds against Cleveland. The Colts were terrible. They got behind the Texans. You know these games are close in week one. They just always seem to be. The Colts never win in week one. Colts came back from 20-3 to three down, tied the game at 20. Game went to overtime, and the Colts had a field goal attempt in overtime to win it. Missed it. The people were getting on Lovey for going, uh, for punting with 20 seconds left on fourth down. He had, he was not in field goal position. He would have given the game to the Colts if he, or given them another chance to get a field goal if he, if he had gone and not made it. The play, if he had completed the play, it wouldn't even have put him in field goal position. He did the right thing taking the, the tie. The tie's a half a win. I would have done the same thing. I think he did the only thing that made any sense. You know what? You don't always have to play for the win there. You do what makes sense. And taking the tie there was the right thing for the, for the Texans today. Because they would not, if they had made a play on fourth down, they still wouldn't have been a field goal range. So to me, I think he did the right thing. Uh, the Packers were awful today. Early in the game, Rodgers served one up that was, just typical Rodgers, just absolutely perfect. And Watson drops it. And you should have seen Rodgers' face. That's all you needed to see for the day. Rodgers for the day, no touchdowns, one pick. He's got to introduce himself to these receivers. The Vikings uh, could get the ball to Jefferson anytime they wanted. Jefferson was nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. And that was basically in the first half. He only had 20 yards in the second half. He had, 100, he had eight catches and 160 yards in the first half. He had one catch in the second half. But he, everyone has talked about how he will have a huge year. He had a huge day today, as, as he's going to have plenty of them all year. The guys at the top of the wide position are always going to put up those numbers, uh, as did Adams today, as did Cup the other night, as did Jefferson today, as Chase will do. That's the way it is. Um, I thought the game that I was confident about today, the only game that I really felt very confident about today was the chiefs. Uh, the Cardinals are all banged up. They don't have a lot of weapons. You've heard a lot of bad things about them so far this year. And I thought the chiefs were going to hit the ground running. They sure did. Uh, Mahomes hit nine different receivers. He might even hit another one later in the game. Um, they coasted 44-21, and they called the dogs off in the third quarter. They could have put up any. They could have put up 50. They could have put up 60 today. The, everything was there 
Mahomes uh, was 30 or 39 for five touchdowns. Like I said, he could add seven or eight touchdown passes if he wanted to. That's how easy it was. 44-21 for the Chiefs, who I, I didn't think would uh, miss a beat, and they didn't miss a beat today. They looked every bit like the Chiefs uh, should be. The Chargers beat the Raiders 24-19. Adams was good for the Raiders, as you would expect. You expect big things out of him. He had 10 catches for 141 and a touchdown. But the Raiders fall short against the uh, Chargers. Uh, again, Chargers have a good team. That's a good division. Denver's improved. You'll see them tomorrow night. I think it'll be a long year for Seattle, but I think Seattle could play really well tomorrow night. If Seattle's going to play, Seattle's best game of the year might be tomorrow night because it's obviously there's a lot of meaning to it. There's a lot going on there, obviously, with him coming back to play in Seattle. But Seattle does not have a lot of talent on that team right now. Uh, they are clearly in the throes of a major, major rebuilding uh, and going up against Denver team that should be really good with Russell Wilson now at the quarterback position. And then tonight, of course, in a little while, uh, just minutes from now, the uh, Cowboys and the Bucks in uh, a headliner coming up. And it should be very interesting. Walk. Both teams have issues along the offensive line, injuries, uh, you know, Dak's got a bad foot. Tom's had an interesting offseason. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they uh, perform. So a crazy week number one, as is usually the case. A tie, some overtime games, some upsets, uh, and a field goal that misses. And the Giants come away with a hard-fought, come-from-behind victory. Uh, and Barkley shines. And so does uh, Dable and his staff. So congratulations to the Giants. The Jets will keep working on it. we got a lot to do this week. We'll be back with you coming up. So, uh, again, wanted to get the NFL rolling early with you on this uh, Sunday night. And we'll have a lot coming up this week, baseball and football, as we go through what will be a very, very busy, and who knows, maybe a uh, – more interesting football season than we had hoped for. The Giants gave us step one today and plenty of baseball to talk about too. So uh, we're going to have some new faces in baseball to talk about very soon and some football stuff that we're going to do. So stay tuned for that. Uh, again, Bet Rivers Network for everything and also the Bet Rivers app for all your wagering needs except where it's play Sugar House. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.